Welcome to the Tech for Text Tech Talk, episode seven. This is Get Your Price Right. This is a live show. We are streaming live to the Tech for Tech Facebook group and page, YouTube and Twitch. You will now be able to listen to the show on Apple, Amazon, Google, TuneIn and Spotify podcasts. I'm your host, Phil Griffiths. Today, I have four co-hosts. First of all, we have Jennifer Griffiths, who is the owner of Tech for Text. How are you doing today, Jennifer? Are you there, Jen? Doing very well, thank you. Oh, there we go. Um, so, a bit of a technical issue there. So, uh, secondly, all the way from Ireland, we have Cormac O'Donoghue from Crosshaven Computers, who is also known as the Chicken Whisperer. I hate to think what actually is whispering to the chickens, but um, but there we go. So, how are you doing today, Cormac? We're doing brilliant, man. Where uh, Ireland is rocking, man. We're doing brilliant. <laughs> So what is it you've been whispering to these chickens? I actually do want to know. <laughs> Can it be repeated? I got a present of uh, a mug of uh, a customer, so whatever I'm doing, is, it's working. Um, <laughs> um, next up, we have Ben Ashcroft from Bugs and Bites Computing in Lincoln. Uh, returning to the show, how are you doing today, Ben? Yeah, very well, Phil. Thanks, yourself? I'm not doing too bad, thank you. And we also have returning Peter Whitehouse from Scan Station Computers in East Sussex. Uh, how are you doing today, Peter? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Phil. Hi, how are you? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, there we go. Let's get on to some informal or a bit of an informal chat about what you guys have been doing this week. So if you've got any um, tips, advice, news you want to talk about, even if you bought something and you want to say, oh, I've just gone and bought a super-duper screwdriver and you want to tell us about it. Let's start off with you, Cormac. What what have you been up to this week? Or... Oh, what have I been up to? I've been driving around my flash new motor, uh, with my with my logo on it. That that yeah, that, I put the logo on it. The, the interesting thing about it, I made a decision not to put any website or uh, any um, any telephone number, and then uh, I don't think there's need for them nowadays. Uh, so I just wanted to keep it clean and crisp. So that was that. That was that was fun driving around. And uh, my tip of the week, uh, actually, before my tip of the week, I'm going to give a shout out to a uh, person in the group, Matthew John uh, Meadowcroft. John, we all know Matthew. Actually, I was, I was on site in an office during the week and I couldn't do something and I put it up in the group and he answered straight away and uh, got me out of the hole, which was great. And that's why the group was so good, you know. My tip of the week, since we're on pricing, is for everyone who's working even on their own to have an accounts department. Um, I discovered this tip myself last year because I go into a lot of offices and, you know, people might have outstanding invoices. And next minute I'm emailing for my own email address and I'm saying, like, you know, please, where's my money, et cetera, et cetera. And then I thought about it and I went... Why don't I just add, I, I use uh, Google Domains, why don't I add accounts at Crosshaven Computer? Um, and I put in a name, a friend of mine, Jinan. Jinan became my accounts. Jinan wasn't working for me at all, but Jinan would email, or my accounts department would email the company and say, hey, we're just following up. So it wasn't me when I was going into the accounts department, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm recently, uh, six months ago, I hired Olivier, um and olivia takes care of all that i was actually laughing with my my steve who works for me i was like steve we got a new person called olivia she's in accounts now she's going to be chasing the accounts and i went myself and steve were having a cup of coffee and steve was like is there really an olivia and i was like no there really is but it's actually very very handy just add a second email address put it accounts put in a, anyone's name that you want and let them email that person so if you're going into the office, you're not chasing the money, your accounts department. And it actually looks a bit more professional from accounts at, uh, in my case, Crosshaven Computers, you know. So, yeah, that's it. Up to Divas. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a very good tip right there, Cormac. And I've got to agree. Yeah. It does, it does sound more professional. Yeah, it does. And also, if you're just getting someone to do your accounts, depending on, obviously, how much you're doing, you may only need someone to pop in once a month or whatever. And it probably only cost you a few pounds every month to employ an accountant for a few hours. Well, see, I have an accountant. It's more a bookkeeper, more person who chases up all these things. And even things now with uh, COVID tracing and doing all those forms, anything like that. It's, you know, 
uh, Olivier is only working four or five hours a week for me. It's you know they you know the pays we I, I I you know I pay a nice rate, but it's still it's you know it's a job or two for me, and it just frees up my time um, way much, way way yeah. more. You know, yeah, you can, you can be- get done the things that you need to be doing. Yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah, you can be making more money on what you're supposed to be doing rather than uh, uh, messing about with the books. Why can't you doing that? Right, let's go on to Ben next. So what have you been up to this week, Ben, or what news, tips, advice have you got for us? Uh, oh, just busy week as always, Phil. Um, this week, I think it was the new version of the new ISO of Windows 10 20H2 was released. So good time to update the USB sticks. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's true. Um, it came, I think, early this week, last week, weren't it? So. Um, but yeah, it's always best to make sure you've, um, you, well, at least familiar with it if you're not using it, the latest version and so forth. Um, it adds a few little features. It's mainly looks and stuff. And to be honest, you probably find 99% of people will never notice a difference in all honesty. But... No, no, that's it. I've done quite a few updates or quite a few installs on it now, though, and it seems quite, yeah, it seems quite good. No issues so far. So yeah, that's good. We always tend to do the latest update when it comes out, mainly because it's better if it, well, let's put it this way, with Microsoft products, if it cocks up at our end, we can fix it out rather than sending it to the customer and then them doing the update and it causing issues at their end. So um, that's always a good uh, uh, a good tip is make sure you've got your USB pens or if you're still using DVDs or network or whatever to install Windows is make sure you update that. Right, let's move on to Peter. What's your news tip advice this week, uh, Peter? Um, so with the threat of lockdown looming large still over us, um, we've been doing a lot more home Wi-Fi upgrades and installs. Um, we do a lot of ubiquity wireless access points with their managed controller for the larger properties. Um, and, and that's proving really popular, especially for clients that got many offices at home. They, they're worried about getting locked down. Um, everyone just needs good Wi-Fi now. So we're, we're doing a lot of those installs. Um, if I had any tip for this week, I would say, if you're collecting regular payments for anything like managed services or any licensing, we do a lot of Microsoft 365 licensing for businesses, definitely have some sort of direct debit service in, in place. So you're not chasing bills, chasing payments. Um, you can just get your money every month. Uh, it's very, you know, if you use a service like GoCardless, it's very cost effective and it, it just saves you time, hours for chasing small bills. So uh, definitely have that in place if you've got any uh, re- you know, recurring payments. Yeah, it's ideal go cardless. I must admit, we use it for monthly, weekly, even yearly um, things we uh, charge people for because it just you don't have to worry about remembering about oh, do we need to send a bill to whoever and so forth or whatever, and then call them up because they haven't paid. So it does save time as well. So that's definitely a good tip. Right, next up, let's move on to Jenny. What news tip advice have you got for us this week, Jenny? Well, I am super excited to bring my news today. Uh, and we've all been waiting for it. Tech for Text has grown so much so that we cannot use just one studio anymore. We got to have two. So we are moving from our current place to another place that will give us a Studio A and Studio B. And what that means to you is we will get better angles. We can do better shots um, because we couldn't move physically from in the place where we are right now. It was like being in a closet. So um, we'll be able to pan around. We're going to have a green screen in there that will help us out. It is going to be awesome. And we're going to move in there tomorrow. And that is just going to be so cool to shoot the first video. Uh, I think we're going to do that next week. Yeah, I think the we've got some CASA items, I think, first yeah. to do. But, uh, but yeah, but uh, as Jen says, the uh, new studio will help us out. It's roughly about five times bigger than what we're using at the moment. So mm. that's uh, pretty ideal. It's going to take us a few days to move in. We've had to close the store for a few days to actually do this. Um, but uh, um, it's going to make, obviously, uh, life a bit easier for us because we can have a separate um, area for doing intro, separate for green screens, separate area for down uh, with um, videos. We're going to even have a seating area if lockdown ever finishes and we can actually invite people in and stuff like that as well. So there's going to be quite a lot there. So, yeah, thanks for that one, Jen. Um, right, on to me. Right, 
again, it's going to be about graphics cards, or at least graphics cards and processors. Uh, news about the new AMD 6000 series graphics cards. Obviously, there's nothing, well, let's put it this way. It's official from AMD, but there's been no independent testing. But it looks like AMD has actually caught up, if not slightly overtaken NVIDIA um, with the graphics card um, range. And even saying that, their processor range a few weeks ago seems to be uh, outperforming, at least gaming-wise, uh, the Intel processors as well. Again, we've got to see a lot of independent testing of these things. Um, but it should be quite interesting because the AMD graphics cards are cheaper, um, they're better performing, and they use less power. And if you team up the new 6000 AMD graphics cards with an AMD 5000 CPU, you can also get a bonus performance on there as well. Uh, for example, instead of using, for example, an AMD graphics card with an Intel processor, but if you've got both AMD, then you've got potentially a bonus performance there. They've been saying anywhere between 2% up to about 13% bonus, which is pretty good. does mean, though, you've got to buy a new graphics card processor, which they're not going to be cheap. So some of them are going for, like, uh, I think the most expensive ones around about £1,000. But give them a few months, they'll bring out lower-end models, which uh, are probably going to be a couple hundred pounds and upwards. Um, thinking but who knows but let's hope they don't have stock issues like nvidia uh, nvidia are still having stock issues they still haven't cleared all the pre-orders in the uk for the 3000 series graphics cards i know a few places um i've been keeping an eye on for example scan um their 30 80 and 30 90 graphics cards they're shipping out after what it's been about six weeks i think since it launched um they by the looks of it they've still got 70 80 percent what still needs shipping out so this, they've really got a bad backlog there so Let's hope um, the AMD stuff won't be as bad. Uh, I'm doing like quotes daily, and I need a graphics graphics cards, and there's a shortage of them because everybody, you know, is is waiting on Nvidia to bring their their new card out, and the old ones are not being made anymore. So it's it's really hard to source a graphics card. Yeah, that's uh, it's getting uh, quite difficult uh, at times. Um, just a quick hi to Ben. Uh, he says all the way from Scotland, as well as uh, Jeffrey as well. It's just popped up that you've said hi. We'll go and have a few questions at the end if you want. If you've got any comments about pricing after we've had the main topic, feel free to butt in or say uh, uh, in the comment section, and I'll read out your question and we'll answer it the best we can. Right, so first of all, let's go on to pricing. So this is basically about what prices do you charge in your retail store or your call-out, MSP, whatever it is in the tech industry you're doing, is how do you determine how much do you charge? How do you know if you're charging too little or too much? What do you do, obviously, other than putting the prices up or down? Um, but are you offering value for the service or products you're selling? So let's start off uh, with you guys. Is Do you have any advice or tips regarding pricing? I'll go to Cormac first because he's jumping around a little bit. I'm always jumping around, man. No, <laughs> I, do, I do have tips on pricing. And actually, Phil, you and me, I think we communicated uh, last Christmas there telepathically on Facebook or something. We... You were, I was saying I was thinking of increasing my prices, you know, and uh, you were saying maybe throw an extra 10 or 20 quid. These are for, for residential ones. I'm doing residential. I'll talk about uh, business in a while. Um, and I'll give a tip here if people think their prices are low or whatever and they want to. We'll say, we'll say, I do, we'll say uh, clean install the windows and, and fabs back on for 85 euro over here. I don't know what you do. Do over there, you know, and we'll say we'll say last year we'll say it was seventy five euro, okay. Even if you put it up to tenner, okay, and go do to eighty five or ninety five, whatever you feel comfortable with. Try it for a couple of weeks, and then if like what happened to me, I I done it, it and it, it, look where my business is flying it flying it since this all happened. But I remember a couple of weeks after doing it. I done a job, we'll say, for 75 quid for someone instead of the 95 quid, yeah? And I thought, as I was doing it, I was like, no, this is not my worth, even though we'll say that was my price a few weeks ago, you know? So my tip would be to raise your prices and then 
do one or two jobs at your old your old prices and look at them and kind of go, um, Jesus, you you'll just look at it and you'll say, No, I'm not happy doing it for this price, you know. Now I I remember a couple of years ago when I was starting out, I'd done a job one afternoon and it ended up working on a Saturday afternoon. And uh I was, you know, desperate for business and this and that. And I walked away, I priced myself really badly for it and made very little money out of it. I remember with my friend at the time, I said to her, I said, well, I'm never doing that again. I said, I'd sooner sit in a drink, a, drink a cup of coffee in a coffee shop and not earn money than do stuff for cheap prices again, you know? So what I would definitely suggest, like like my call out for the first uh, for the first hour to, to a residential property would be 85 euro, okay? Uh, they, I got that price because, um, uh, take much of my girlfriend time, uh, got a plumber and it was like something like around 80 or 90 quid. Like, and I was like, there's no way I'm charging less than that to, to, to go to, to a place, you know, my business prices are, are, are higher. Obviously we won't go through all the prices, you know, but there is something always to do about pricing. We'll say, Person A is doing it for 50 quid and another person is doing it for 75 quid. Someone will automatically think that the person's doing it for 75 is better because the other person's doing it cheaper. That's just the way it is. It's way across the board, you know. And I think a lot of us in this game don't respect that we are IT experts. We don't. And that offices run. And it's not like we have to check our egos at times as well. We tell me to. Offices run because of us you know and if offices are down or this and even for remote calls and everything and there's another thing that a tip that i've learned i was i go into offices and i remember one tuesday i got three calls of of customers they were only for little niggly little things all right so i was up uh, there was all local area so i popped in done 10 or 15 minutes here down there 10 or 15 minutes you're chatting for them three jobs three jobs were done by one o'clock and i wasn't after earning and I went, that's it. It's not happening. Emailed all the customers and said, this is the call out. This is it. And if you want to call us, this is what to call. So we'll say those three call outs then would have been 385 quids by one o'clock because you have to just, you have to slam down on it. You know, um, we were talking about there earlier. Um, I do business customers as well. Um, I was doing t- picking up computers in the evening time of people uh, because they 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 were saying they can't do it in the office hours because they need the computers. So I would do it in the night time. I could be here till one or two o'clock in the morning, and I'm back up again six working to bring the computer back in. Same at weekends. So now I have said to them because I I I, I want a life as well. I have said to them this is the situation, and it's not me me mean Arrington. I said, right, if you want us to pick up the computer on the Friday and work for the weekend, then you'll have to pay weekend rates. I hope you don't mind. So far, all besides one customer has said, yes, we will pay weekend rates. The rest of them have said, do you know something? Why actually you can pick up the computer Friday morning or you can pick it up there. We could actually do without it for the day just because I have to say there's weekend rates. They're all going home in the evening time, you know. They're all going. I'm, I kind of don't want to be. I I I work savage hours already. I'd like to kind of do stuff at weekends now, you know. And that's that's know your value is 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 my my point on that really, you know. That's definitely some good advice there and some tips. I'm going to say we've got a few comments from uh, Shea Smith saying, "Well said, Cormac." PC Surgeon's giving you a few thumbs up as well. So it's definitely. Uh, uh, something uh, it, well, p- people who are agreeing with you, and I must admit, you you have to find your value, your worth, basically, and not sell yourself too um, too low. I'm going to ask a question to everyone who's watching at the moment. If you can please comment, is do you think you are better than PC World? Are your repairs better than PC World? Do you think you offer a better service than PC World? And Hell if- yeah. If I hear anyone say no, uh, I'm going to be a bit disappointed, but I'm hoping everyone's going to say yes. So first person come through and has said yes, and that's Matthew. Uh, He's saying yes. Anyone else think they're better than PC World? And we've had a few, one or two, yeah. um, One's been censored there, but basically (laughs) yes. Um, uh, 
So, and uh, basically, yeah, that was from Shear, um, and uh, much better than PC World. Right, the question I'm asking you then, obviously, prices may depending around, obviously, the country and different countries. Um, yeah, everyone's commenting now, yes, yes, 100%, everyone here is, blah, 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 blah. Right, my question to you guys then, if you're so much better than PC World, why do most of you charge less? Point. Silence. Uh, I, I think we don't have the overheads. You, mm. Possibly. I mean, I, I work from home, so I've got very few overheads. Yeah. Well, think of it like you know? this. I've been in computer trade of some form for 25 years or so, give or take. Mm -hmm. um, I've got experience under my belt. And nothing against young people, but... Those younger ones, they don't have the experience I do that's running around PC world uh, trying to sell uh, a laptop to an elderly lady. I mean, really, they just don't have the experience. Um, I had a customer referral. Uh, one of, one of um, my customers referred her friend because uh, she came out with hurt feelings and was very upset that they were rude to her. And so I got a customer off of her. Uh, the, the person had talked down to her and was just really, really rude. And um, I thought to myself, wow, you mean it's, it's a big chain like that? And I can, I thought, hmm, yeah, I, I, I can give you a lot better service. And um, it's, it, it's just amazing sometimes these big chains, they get too big for their boots. They hire people who are not qualified to do the job. And you get someone like me, uh, Bill, Carmack, Ben, and Peter that know what they're doing. So, yeah, we should charge for it. Yeah, I think like like the PC world, the other thing is they get sort of really good deals and stuff, like the cheap end and stuff that we would never normally touch, like the HP streams, and they're just – the literal is forcing them at people and saying these are brilliant machines and horrible things actually. But um, I think the, the main thing if I've, I deal a lot with home end users, I don't do a lot of business to business. I do some business to business, but the end users, the one sort of feedback that I get from my end users is sort of thank you. You took the time to actually listen to what we wanted and suggest a good machine. Didn't just pick a machine off the shelf and say this will do you and just sell them. Yeah. Like, for instance, we're just chatting about briefly before. I won't sell anything that's got like a 32 or a 64 gig SSD as a rule of thumb because they're not fit for purpose. They're just horrible things. You know, it's I was putting 120 SSDs in machines and even had a couple of times folks saying 120 is too small. So now I put all my machines out with 240s just to be on the safe side, you know. So I listen to the feedback and I think that's an important thing. But um, I think getting back to the pricing question that you were talking about. Um, it's important not to price yourself too cheap. Yes, you can probably go a bit too high, but if you price yourself too cheap, you're really just asking for trouble. You're going to get the ones that want something for nothing. And you price yourself a bit higher, yeah, you'll get fewer sales from the, the, the folk that don't want to pay the price or there's something for nothings, but you'll do less work and earn more money. My, my father um, was good in advertising and making catchy slogans and stuff. And I picked up a little of this and I applied it to us. And, um, okay, it, it sounded pretty cool, but it didn't convey the message I wanted to do. And it was, uh, we're as cheap as chips, which was the name of the store, cheapest chips. And uh, I thought, cheap. That implies something like a pound stop, pound shop, um, charity shop, something like that. I don't want to be known for cheap because that implies nasty, not good. Um, so I took that out and um, I, I, I now want to be known as value for money, good customer service, good product. So we avoid using the word cheap in any way and if someone says uh, you're not cheap I say that's right we offer quality you don't get 
good quality at a cheap price. That's uh, that's true. Um, just to let you guys know, it was um, asking in the UK, PC will charge from £60 for laptop and PC repairs. It says from, that's not very specific, I know. Um, I'm guessing that's for something like a basic repair or service, obviously, plus parts. Uh, and I know from a lot of people in the group that some people charging as low as £25. So wow. that gives you a rough idea uh, of the difference. So when some of these are actually... Um, uh, actual shops not just people working from home so peter do you have any views on this yeah i mean i know from when we set up almost 10 years ago we we were we started a shop we did very little call out work um there are lots of these sort of call out guys operating some of them are charging i don't know 30 40 pounds an hour um and what i can tell you is a lot of them now aren't in business anymore uh, and we do a lot of call-out work. Our call-out workers just get one going up and up and up. And as they've found out they can't make a living, they've packed in, they've gone and got jobs. Uh, and then we're now taking that work on. And we're, you know, £60 an hour, you know, uh, for residential when we charge more for businesses as well. Um, and what I would say, it's easier to go in a little bit higher and if need be, discount a little bit down or come down or off, offer a discount uh, rather than going low and then try and raise up afterwards. So I'd... I'd always go a little bit higher and come down if need be or go in higher and offer a discount or a deal. Um, But don't go in right at the bottom because it's really difficult to get back up out of there afterwards. Yeah, we we did a similar thing, to be honest, when we started our store because we'd been doing the call-out service for a few years. The price of the call-out, okay, this is seven, eight years ago now, um, well, I can't remember the exact price, was actually on on par with everyone else locally. But we thought, right, we're opening a store. We want to steal customers away from local competition. That's basically you wanted it. And I think we charge something ridiculously low, like, I don't know, 20, 25 quid, like these guys are. And it is one hell, or it's hell of a lot harder to get those prices up once you start charging a low price. And one thing you do notice is the type of customer you get changes as well, depending on what you charge. If you charge next to nothing you tend to find don't get me wrong this does alter depending on place and person and so forth but you will find that the people you're getting are people who want something for nothing and even though they're paying the cheapest price going they'll still complain and ask for more discounts want more off want more of this more of that for nothing so raising your prices i'm sorry to say you but you do get a better clientele um they generally want to spend with you i know it's not going to be right for everyone i know there's some people who are retired and so forth they haven't got a lot of money you can do always do specials for retired people or specific groups of people if you want but in general we find that uh, uh that charging low is not always a good thing and don't forget if you let's just say you're charging 25 pounds and let's just say someone else is charging £50 down the road, is, okay, they're making twice as much money on the repairs, but they're also doing half the amount of work. Um, So uh, even if they lose 50% of their customers, but more than likely they're not going to lose 50% of the customers. Um, If you go cheap, you will get time wasters. And uh, they will bring in 25-year-old machines and expect you to do diagnostics on it. And at one time, we had a no fix, no fee. So people would bring in these machines. I would waste my time doing diagnostics only to tell them it couldn't be repaired. I've just spent two hours of my life working for nothing. We do not do no fix, no fee anymore because Nine times out of ten, there's always a fix. It's just that you don't want to pay it. It's not equitable uh, for what you're going to fix. You know, you could probably source out a motherboard or something like that for a computer, even if you had to go to some auction site. Uh, But do you really want to do that is the question. So there's nine times out of 10, there is a fix. It's do you want to pay it and is it worth it? So we did away with the no fix, no fee. And guess what? These time wasters, they just disappeared. They 
did not come back. But we're not making money off of them. So good riddance. That's time I can put into customers that are paying. There's also the thing there, and uh, with, 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 I was talking to my brother-in-law tonight um, about about he, he, runs, he runs a business. And people are, in the last five to seven years, people are willing to pay for for tech a lot more ever since actually i remember watching when the nhs got hacked you know uh, i was sitting down watching it on the news on television and i was like yes i can book my holidays now because people businesses would take start taking it serious and uh i said peter you might have seen this as well as in you said 10 years ago whatever around seven eight years or maybe five years ago companies did not actually want to pay for for their tech okay they they didn't you know they'll work with all they they stories now about hacks and all that companies understand that they have they have to pay now you know um lately they're one of the the businesses and i don't particularly want them as a business anymore they were they 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 were they were questioning a 570 quid bill that i was giving them which was well within the rights but they were saying that they uh they mightn't pay it you know but uh, I handled it grand, whatever way, but I was not dropping my price, not a hope in hell. I knew that I explained the length of time it was on. I was explained the length of time that it took us. I explained this and that, and I told them it was misunderstanding. I gave them two weeks. They didn't pay. I rang them up, and I said, instead of accounts ringing you, I said, you've been a long customer, and my accounts wanted to send out an invoice to you to remind you. I said, I just want to know what do you want to do about that? And she was saying she hadn't discussed it with her husband. I said, that's no problem once you do. Come Monday, I get a phone call. They have a problem. Could I remote in? I said, no, 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 not a problem. Still the bill was outstanding. I said, I'll remote in. Again, it was because I said, right, keep these people on site while remote in fixed. And then she said, oh yeah, we'll be paying your bill. But my point there was I was not dropping that bill. It was not, It was. I knew, I, I know my bills are fair. I treat everyone fair. I do not price pad anything on it. But as soon as you say, if they like, you don't haggle with your dentist, you know, you don't haggle with your doctor, you don't haggle, and you don't haggle with your IT person if you if you know yourself that your bill is is fair. If you know you're not act, after acting the whatever, and you know your bill is fair, they're not haggling with me over my price. That's my price, you know. And again, I'll go back to that. Then I'll rather sit down in a couple in a coffee shop and have have a cup of coffee. Dan, Dan, not sell myself for what what I'm worth myself. You know, that's it. That's the way I feel about it. Strong. You you will have people come in, and I had a really uh, a funny guy come in one day. Uh, he says, "Do you give uh, OAP discounts?" And I said, "No." I said, uh, "We treat everyone equally here." And uh, he says, "Do you give NHS discounts?" And I said. No, we treat everyone equally here. He says, do you do army? I'm like, no, there are no discounts here. <laughs> There's no discounts. Everyone pays the same price. And uh, he kind of wrinkled his nose up and he says, is that the best price? And he points to the price. I said, well, it is the price and therefore it is the best I can do. And... um he, he stood there and he earned and odd in a little bit. Uh, I could tell he he would buy this. He really would. And um, I said, I'll tell you what, I can't knock anything off the price. But how about I throw in a year's worth of bull guard? So people want something. Now, he doesn't know that when he renews bull guard next year, I'll get money off of the the profit scheme and it's not cost me very much but he thinks he's getting something so happy days well so you basically added value to the sale which mm. is one of the things what is better to offer than being cheap is making things a better value and it's something what a lot of people don't understand is value um a lot of people think value means cheap it doesn't mean cheap it can be expensive but if you're offering more with it than let's say the competition it's a good value so you could be selling a thousand pound gaming pc but if you're chicken in a keyboard and mouse in or something like that where your competition's not it makes yours a better value in the long run um so what's one thing a lot of people need to understand 
and we see this. This is a good thing. Let's go on to this um, the swear word, as we're, I like to call it, in the trade, which is Amazon. Uh, I'm guessing we've all come across someone going, I can get it cheaper at Amazon, or can you match Amazon's prices, <laughs> and so forth. And no matter how you look, you can't even get it cheaper from Amazon because just some things are on Amazon because... Well, they're just cheaper than you'll be able to get it from your um, distributor like, I don't know, let's say uh, CMS, Target, Spire, VIP, whoever it may be. Um, and you just can't get that item cheaper. There's a lot of things you can, and sometimes there's only a pound in it. And by the time you get it shipped, it's costing you more than it is at Amazon or whatever. So that's one thing a lot of people always complain about is Amazon. But what you have to think is Amazon is just shifting a box you're offering a service and you need to charge for the service as well. So if someone comes in and wants security or whatever, you could offer to install that security for free for them rather than them getting them online. Just say you'll just install it for free or for a lower price or whatever than you would do normally to offering a value to the sale. It's very rare anyone comes in our store uh, and general um, say this as well where we just sell them a product we generally sell them a service so if someone comes in for a new computer we include free of charge or whatever something like a home setup or chucking the security or whatever it may be depending obviously on the price obviously if someone's buying a budget second-hand PC, PC for 100 quid. Obviously, we're not going to give them 200 pounds worth of stuff with it. Um, but you have to offer, sell everything as a service rather than a product. So make, think of everything you've got in the store. A lot of people are elderly who are coming into stores these days. They're wanting webcams so they can interact with the family and friends. Offer a home setup service for them or tell them to bring the laptop in. Well, laptops usually got webcams, but if it's a home PC, you could offer a service to go out and fit it for them and set up Zoom so, and then you can check it with your phone and make sure Zoom's working so they don't have any complications next time they're talking to, uh, I don't know, their um, long-lost um, nephew who's living in Australia or whoever it may be. Um, so make sure you sell it as a service rather than just the product itself. Um, has anyone got any comments on that? Yeah, so um, what I would say is there's there's no way any store should be trying to compete with Amazon on price. If, if you're doing that, you're on a hiding to nothing straight away. Um, a, a product is more expensive in a store, especially a specialist computer store, for example. Uh, they're paying for your knowledge as well. Uh, part of that, that increased price, the customer can come in and they're, they're going to ask you questions. I need a Wi-Fi adapter. I don't know which one I need. And, and they're, they're paying for your experience and advice to advise them on the correct product. Um, and that's that's value at the end of the day. That's that's what they're getting. Um, that's something they'll never be able to get from Amazon. Yeah, that's true, because obviously it's your time they're taking up when they're asking you these questions and you're basically including in that in the, the actual price of the item you're selling and so forth. I, I've had a, a lovely lady in in the past week or so. Uh, she came in and she wanted to buy a laptop and a webcam and a mouse. Now, a lot of times I do see a laptop and a mouse together. So that didn't throw me a bit. But she wanted the webcam as well. So she could talk to her um, uh, grandson on Zoom. And I said, uh, you do know there is a, a webcam built in to the laptop. Oh, is there? I never knew. I said, yeah, you see this right here? This is this is your webcam. I don't need this this separate one. No, no, you don't need that. You just need to turn it on away you go, you know. And I explained to her how Zoom would work. And uh, she goes, oh, thank you so much for explaining that. I, I could have uh, had an extra... 55 pounds on for a webcam that I didn't need to spend and I'd feel foolish. And she says, I just, I can't thank you enough for taking time to explain that to me. You just, you really are sweet. You, you know, I said, well, I didn't mean to be funny, you know, asking questions and everything, but I've, I've seen the, the laptop and the mouse because some people don't get on with touch pads. I said, but I just never seen a laptop and a webcam be about in one purchase and she, oh thank you for asking oh and uh 
she really was grateful that I took the time to give her good customer service. And that is what it's all about. You, you know, Amazon can be cheaper than you, but they can't offer the customer service, the peace of mind that you can. And at the end of the day, that's worth a lot. Yeah. Um, question come in from Bruno, who's also one of the past show hosts as well. Uh, no doubt it'll be on another show in the future. He says, how do you guys deal with residential customers asking for remote support for tiny problems that take you 15, 20 minutes? Um, what would you charge uh, like half an hour or an hour? Or would you um, keep note of those 15, 20 minutes and then sort of add them up together when they get to an hour, then charge them uh, and so forth? How would you guys handle that? I think I'll go to Cormac first on that one. Yeah, I tell them out straight when they phone, it's 45 uh, euro charge to remote in. Um, it depends if they're if they're uh, if they're a business customer. I'd probably charge more than after they they they, they first half an hour. Um, if it's red residential, depends what it was probably. But I would make a note to them. That before I remote in, whether it takes five minutes, one minute, and it will take it's forty-five euro before before I start. Uh, before I start, a business customer probably would be sixty-five euro remote in. Again, it's back to this thing. Just because it takes us one minute doesn't mean it didn't take us ten years to learn how to do it in one minute. If I'm switching on my computer, if I'm remoting in, then that's 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 money. I'm not like not happening. Not happening. We're lucky to have remote. Um, like you know, uh, you know, you would even if you call the plumber to your house, is it takes one minute. You're still paying eighty five quid for him. So no, you just to uh, to answer that question in a long way, short a short way of what I just said there is you inform them first before you even get the pricing out of the way before you switch on the computer. Then then that's even if I they ring and they say they come and they say I say that's grand if you want to. Book time with me if they're coming to the office. You want to book time, we do it in half hour slots. That means that even if they come then and it takes you five minutes, they know they're paying for a half an hour slot. Because what happened there up to then was they would come in for five minutes and I would say, Jesus, don't took me five minutes. Go on, go on away. You know, I'm not telling anyone go away. It's, it's, it's like I had to get back to the office for that. Then that's it again, you know. I'm sounding like Mr. Burns from The Bloody Simpsons. <laughs> a lot of people um call me and want remote support now we have maintenance contracts these people uh they pay monthly for our services and that is included in the maintenance contract is remote support so you don't charge extra for them but now if mrs brown down the road phoned in uh, she's having an issue and she's self-isolating or whatnot. She doesn't come into the store and she wants remote support. Well, then, yeah, there's there's a charge for that. Um, uh, I will gladly tell them up front, you know, it's going to be this, that, and the other, and they can pay or or not. You know, it, it doesn't make any difference to me. Okay, that's pretty good. Anyone else got any comments on that one, or do you want me to move on to the next question or the next bit of advice? We we don't offer it for residential at all. Um, only in store repair or on site. Um, we do offer remote support for managed service clients, businesses. Um, they're paying us a monthly retainer. Um, everything's ticketed. Um, we collect that by go cardless every month. But for residential, it's a call out, or the machine comes to us basically. I have a question for Peter there about that. Peter, um, how do you approach, uh, we'll say, are you doing managed services or is it monthly fees you charge them? Or? We, we charge a retainer, uh, which covers um, patching, uh, remote support. Uh, if we need to go out, send someone out, they're still chargeable. That's still billable for a business. And it's more than our residential rate. And how, how do you, uh, we'll say at the end, because I, I, I have uh, some retainers there, but... Um, at the end of this year now, I, I'm going to approach them about raising the fees and it has nothing to do with uh, the, the pandemic. I, I swore I wasn't raising my fees for that, but it's just natural that they have to, it's been two years that they're the same contract. How would you approach that at the start of the year to say to them? 
I would say uh, try and get it in your contract early if you're going to do that. Um, most people understand that prices go up. Um, a lot of your, your broadband goes up with inflation, your, your mobile phone contract. So um, it's something we weren't particularly good at and, and probably still aren't. But um, I would try and set that expectation early on and say, look, there's probably going to be uh, either, you know, an annual or, or, you know, two yearly rise or something of 5% or something like that. Um, so that they know they're going to get that down the line. All right. Thank you. You're probably better with more smaller increases than yeah. one large one every now and again. At least then you can blame it on inflation more yeah. so than going, right, okay, I've been charging, I don't know, say £20 a month or whatever it is for how many years, and then suddenly sticking it up to 40 people are going to suddenly have an heart attack. Yeah. Um, but if you do a little bit at a time, um, it generally works out better, or at least in our, our experience anyway. Uh, we've definitely got a lot of comments about PC World, that's for sure. Um, I don't think I'm going to read any of those out because I have a feeling that YouTube and Facebook will kick me off the platform. But uh, um, a few comments about HP streams as well. Um, there's quite a lot of comments on there. I'm not sure. I think we're going to get a chance to read them all out. But um, that's another thing coming to is managed services. A lot of people who don't do managed services, and it's another way of making a lot of money from managed services is by billing people every month for a service. Um, everyone's different. Obviously, like Peter says, he just offers the basics, and if he has to go out, then they charge extra. You could do what we do. We charge a set price every month. That includes going out and remote support. Um, but again, everyone's different. You've got to figure out what works best for you. If you don't do any managed service, I suggest you look into it because it is a monthly income. So even if you get no customers call you all month, you've still got the money coming in, um, worst case scenario. So you don't have to worry about it. Our maintenance contract basically pay all our rent and building stuff and all our bills basically for the property and so forth. So any extra work is a bonus. Um, so we could basically go, well, as long as not everyone cancels the maintenance contracts, we could go basically on for a year with no work coming in potentially um, and we'd still be trading sort of things. So I would suggest you definitely look into maintenance contracts. Is that something you're into, Ben? or? No, I don't do any managed services, maintenance contracts, nothing, no contracts at all. No, um, I just, I just work here at work. I get very steady flow of work coming in. Um, I've got ways and means to sort of bring money in if I'm having a quiet week, and not so much in the way of repairs or sales. It's, yeah, it did it's, help uh, us during lockdown um, to have that coming in. It was that extra bit of padding during lockdown when uh, usually I would be running. The, the shop and bringing in money there and Phil would be doing call outs. Um, mm. Don't, I mean, we, we did pretty good during, during lockdown. We did the, um, the phone in and collect uh, where we would, you know, meet you at the door kind of thing and take it away and repair it. But still there was money that I wasn't able to make it in sales in the shop, but it was cushioned for with the maintenance contract money and, that helped out a lot. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it do, does help out quite a bit, that. Something for you guys to think about. Um, let's say you already charge what everyone else does in your local vicinity. So let's just say everyone charges £50 for a service. Let's just say that service is virus removal or malware removal or scam removal, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you think you want to be charging more, but you don't want to put the price up because you think you'll lose customers and you'll probably be uh, more expensive and so forth. But let's say you did actually put your prices up from your £50 up to £60 or just £10. Well, OK, it sounds like a big increase. And it is. It's a 20% increase. But let's say you do five virus removals a week at that price uh, just for that one service you'll be making another £2,600 more per year, okay? So just for putting £10 on one service, you're making enough money to have a really, really nice holiday uh, for the whole family, possibly, um, or even a, a cheap van or something along that lines. Um, do you really think you're going to lose many customers by putting your price up by that amount? 
That is the question. And believe it or not, you would have to lose 18% of your customers before you would lose out. So again, that's nearly 20% of the customers you, you could afford to lose. If you did put your price up, you will get one or two which don't like it. They'll go to someone who's cheaper. But in reality, if these are people you've been seeing year in, year out, they'll, they'll be pretty much fine with it. I can't really say we've ever had much of a problem when we put prices up. You'll always get the one person saying, oh, is it that much? And then they generally call you back later and then book you in anyway. Um, but, um, yeah, you may lose one or two. But in reality, as I said, 18%, you can basically keep those customers. Um so adding £10 on is going to earn you nearly two, well, over two and a half grand. So it's pretty good value. Um, but uh, let's have a look. My notes are all screwed up. Um, just remember, if you charge more than um, you need uh, to show, start that again. If you charge more than your competition or the people around you, let's just say they're charging £50 more and you're charging 60 you need to show why you're actually charging more. As in, you need to be better value. You need to offer something they don't. For example, if you're servicing a machine, you need to clean it or do something along that line. Give more value. Make your business look more professional. Make it look like you're giving a better service. Obviously, if your shop is going to smell let's say, like kebabs or pizza and stuff like that. When people come in, it's going to put people off straight away uh, and it's dirty and so forth. You're not really going to be, well, looking that professional. So you're going to be scaring people away. Uh, and also, it also shows that if you're going to be living in that sort of conditions or working in that sort of conditions, you're not going to be worth the price you're charging. So basically make sure the place you're working in, or at least the parts what the customer can see, look nice. Otherwise, they're not going to pay the price. Has anyone got any comments or anything else they would like to add? No? Everyone looking uh, quiet. Right, let's have a go through some of the... Uh, um comments All right matthew says he moved the microwave out back to make it look a little bit better um prices in london are more expensive and uh, that's from the pc um surgeon which yeah they they are um always make sure you check your local um competitors prices though um because you'd be surprised some um custom some of your competitors will not always charge um the price you think and a lot of them are a lot more expensive even go in the stores and meet these competitors of yours. And rather than have them as competitors, I've, I've, turn them into friends because you can always pass on work to them and stuff like that if you need to. For example, we do that, uh, myself and Jen. We only repair laptops and PCs. So if someone comes in for an iPad repair or a phone repair or anything like that, we pass them on to another local store just down the road, probably about two miles down the road, and they do all the work regarding that. But if they have anyone who needs um, a customer what needs a call out, then they'll pass them on to us. So you basically got the best of both worlds, and you never know. Something may happen to you, especially with all this COVID stuff going off, especially if you work on your own. You may need someone to cover your work for a little while, especially if you've got contract business customers and stuff like that. So it's always best to have a friend locally who's in the trade, um, obviously, uh, who can help out. Um, and those guys are absolutely fabulous uh, working with us. Uh, you couldn't ask for, for better. I don't consider them competition. I consider them colleagues. Uh, and that's what I refer to them as when... Uh, someone comes in and wants a PlayStation repaired. I, I say, um, I don't do that, but I know someone who will, uh, one of my colleagues down the road, uh, just tell them, if this chip sent you, they'll treat you like a queen. And they, they're like, oh, really? Thank you for that. Everybody thanks me for referring them to them. And that's the way you do it. You work together. That's true. Um, question from Maxine, uh, sole traders, do you charge for work by the hour 
or fixed prices for certain services uh, is one style better or another there's also a third type of service what we've tried in the past didn't work for us but i know some places do you do it and it's a tiered based service so you get like a bronze silver gold so one um, so it's sort of fixed price but let's say uh, the silver service you do, you charge £50. It can take you seven to eight days to do a repair. The other one can be, a, let's say, a gold service. It might take you three or four days to do the repair. You basically charge extra for doing the stuff quicker, or you may even add in a few extra services in there, like you'll clean it afterwards, you'll do an internal repaste or whatever, the uh, CPU cooler and different different things. Um, how do you guys actually go about um, charging? Is it hourly or, or I'm guessing it's more hourly with uh, Ben and uh, Cormac um, with you being um, on more of a call outside, but uh, you may tell me differently. Um, it, it depends if, if it's in reference to stuff that's been brought in for repair, if it's coming in for a standard thing like a, a thermal repaste and clean, uh, I'll just, charge the standard at the moment is £40, but I'm due to increase that slightly. Um, for instance, windows installs, I just put my price up this week, but it was, um, I was set at 50, I've just increased it to 60. And strangely enough, no one's complained yet about the increase in price. So um, sort of mirrors what you're saying about the, sort of putting the price up a little bit at a time. But um, if I go in a call out, and I might be a bit lower than some of the competitors will call out, I'll charge £30 for the call out and 20 pound per half hour after that and the call includes the first half hour's charge the first half hour's time and then 20 pound per half hour after that but with the whole call out thing actually I'm, I'm cheaper on the call out charge than some of the competitors i don't necessarily like or want doing call outs but the call outs can also be a gold mine in their own right um i've had really simple issues like someone will say can you come and help me the audio stopped working on the computer i went to this customer i fixed the audio in five minutes realized he's got a really old computer still running windows 7 ended up selling a whole brand new computer system for it i knocked the i didn't knock the original quality charge off but i knocked the sort of extra sort of time i would have spent fixing other issues whilst i was there off um because he was buying the whole computer system i think he spent about sort of five six hundred pound in the end Mm-hmm. I have a question for our panel. Um, do you charge if you go on have to go on site to quote for a new machine? Um, I I've never been asked to go on site to quote. I've just always had people phone me and tell me what they want or I find out what they want. Um, I don't I don't think if someone asked me to go on site and quote for a machine, I'm not sure I would do it because. You'll know you know yourself. Some sometimes folk ask for quotes, and it doesn't lead anywhere. And I, I'm not sure I want to go out and spend half an hour, an hour of my time quoting a machine. I just take the call and just sort of say, "Look." So if if we had that situation, um, I think the expectation would be if we were going out to on site to quote for a new machine, we would probably be installing it on site as well. So that the, the time we spent going out and quoting that job would be part of the installation very rarely will we be in that situation and then not get the work so if we we have had go out on site and, and you know look at it first that time will go on the bill at the end when we go and install that pc for sure i suppose this is more were you asking from a business to business perspective jenny or were you asking more business to home user because i think the thing with the home users is they're more likely to turn and say no no i want to think about where's business if they're looking for a machine they're looking for a machine um, generally and you have uh, a few home users that want you to come out and quote them on site because they don't know the specs of their machine uh, and they are used to call outs and things like that and they expect you to come out and, and quote them for them. And uh, I, I have a problem. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to know how you guys did it. Um. It's an interesting question. I'm not sure how we approach that because just purely never been asked on it. Um, yeah, I think I like Peter's way of doing things, which is sort of integrated into the whole cost of the machine. We, we, we don't get often asked to do it, but if we, if we do do it, they, they get built for it one way or another. Let's put it that way. In yeah. my case, there there's there's a lot of grants at the moment coming out there. So there, what I discovered, I went in to to an office there lately. Uh, for a managed service contract, yeah, 
and I'd done it up, spent time with with with, with Olivia, done up, went in and sat down with them, had the interview, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized that, and I got this off a website designer, they need three quotes for we'll say government jobs, school jobs, and a business job. They might need three different quotes to 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 get the grant. And I just wasted my whole bloody time when they only wanted a third quote. They were after making the decision. So I will tell people out straight nowadays, is this the is this the third quote? Because they might be just, you know, they find your name in the telephone book, or telephone book, but they find your name is a third quote. I don't want to waste my time. Now, what I will say to them, if it's a third quote, not a problem. I have a template made up. I'll give you a third quote. Off you go. But I'm not going back into an office to spend an hour or two hours quote bidding for something that was never going to be mine in, at any stage, you know. Um, so after that, I, I have changed my policy. I'm not obviously going to charge to go and quote for an office job, but I will kind of tighten up to make sure that I'm not going to waste my time either, you know? Yeah, the the way I do it is, um, is again, that same, a lot of our work's 90% residential than business, but uh, we do have a few businesses. But we tend to uh, find that if it's a new customer, I will say to them, you have got the price for the call out, but if you go ahead with the machine, which obviously I do add a bit on, for obviously for setting up on site anyway, then you don't have to pay the call out. You just get the price for the machine. Uh, if it's a residential customer and they are a current customer, 99% of the times I know they're going to buy anyway. Basically, if they're calling you out, you're in the house, you've generally sold it before you're in there. It's very, very rare we haven't sold a machine after I've been out. Um, they may not pay it straight away or buy it straight away, but generally within a day or two, they'll say, oh, yeah, I want to go ahead with it um, and go from there. They need a permission from their other half, usually. It's usually the man what I find asked to get the permission from his wife, usually, <laughs> on that that respect. If it's a woman, they usually go, yeah, straight away, yeah, that's fine. But if it's a bloke, he usually has to get permission from his wife. I probably understand why as well. Um, right, I think we're getting pretty much on. Let's just have a quick uh, check through there. Ooh, we've been going an hour already. That's flown by. Uh, let's have a quick... I don't see any actual questions as such, so uh, it's a lot of comments. So what we'll do is basically call it there. But what I would say before we do log out is just remember to charge not, not necessarily what you think, but what you should. Okay, You need to check what everyone else is charging around you. And... Put your prices up, most of you. Seriously, some of them are very low. And I know you'll say, oh, yeah, but we're in a certain area. Check your competition. If you're the cheapest one, you don't want to be the cheapest one. You want to be middle of the range, even a higher priced one. Uh, I know it's hard to put prices up, but what you could do every year if you wanted to. So come Christmas, New Year, the start of the new year, Stick your prices up by a fiver, um, even a tenner or whatever, until you get your prices to the price they should be. Because, as I said, just £10 more on one service, and let's just do five services a week, you are making an extra £2,600 profit. Okay, obviously you've got taxes and stuff, but you're looking at £2,600. That's just for one service. Uh, obviously, if you're offering 20 different things and you're doing 100 repairs a week or whatever, it soon adds up. Um, you're suddenly talking uh, uh, four or even five digits <coughs> of the uh, profit there extra. You're making a year without any extra work. And in reality, you're not going to lose the customers. Um, obviously, <laughs> the rules and everything differs per person, but I would suggest you check around. UK is notorious for cheap prices on PC repairs. You go to the States and you're looking $150, $200 to do a basic call out. And most people over here, what I'm seeing, are charging anywhere between 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds. There are a few people charging a bit more and a few charging a little bit less. But I would recommend you check your prices. And I'm not saying price fix, but if everyone raised their prices by £5 or £10 each, everyone would be a hell of a lot happier in the trade. 
Right. Any comments from anyone else before we call it a night? Uh, let's go to Peter first. Do you have anything to add on, Peter? Nice. No. <laughs> yeah, I think we've covered pretty much most things. What about you, Colmark? Nope, all good in uh, Ireland. Thanks. No problem. What about you, Ben? No, I'm good, thank you. And what about you, Jenny? Um, no. No, nothing else to add. So, right. So... First of all, I'd like to thank Cormac, uh, Ben, as well as Peter and Jennifer for joining us today. Obviously, thank you for everyone for watching. If you are an independent trader, store owner, MSP, vendor, distributor, you can find out more information about Tech for Techs at techfortechs.co.uk forward slash join. Join over 1,000 members just like you that give you free business advice, tech advice, and what did I say? It's totally free to join with no membership fees or cost to you. So feel free to uh, join up. Bear in mind, if you do join up and click that join button, it will ask you some questions. If you do not answer all of the questions, you will not get in. And even if you do answer the questions, we will double check you are a business. Um, if you are not, we won't let you in. And if you start making posts against the rules, we'll let you back out again. Um, so to end that off, I'd just like to say thank you for watching and thanks for supporting independent business.